going to close out with a scripture here. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I will be found by you. And Lord, we just thank you that you will be found. That you're, all of your promises are yes and amen. And so we can count on that. Thank you for giving us a hope and a future, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith and kids and youth, you are dismissed. It's so much easier. What, the ear thing? We'll fix it. Yeah, they make it good. Why it's so close? Turn your screen on. Your screen. This is hurtful. Even with my bare hands. Ah, I poked my eye. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I'll never touch your screen. <laughs> what degree burn did I get? What about shot Amen. Well, it's good to have you live streamers, wherever you're watching at. It's good to have you tonight. Hope you're staying dry. It's all this rain today. I know they're checking kids in, getting the youth down to youth hangout, so we'll give them a second before we take up tithe and offering. Um, while, we're, while we're waiting for people to get back up here, a couple quick things. Don't forget, gentlemen, and ladies, you can do this too, but gentlemen, a very specific uh, shout out challenge to you uh, if you haven't started yet uh, to take a chapter there the book of Proverbs you can add it to your regular reading or make it your reading but Proverbs 31 chapters long and I, I just felt in my heart uh, at the beginning of this month to kind of throw that out so do with that what you will but chapter day in the book of Proverbs and also um, back at the back table uh, there are these uh, just regular piece of paper. It's a scripture reading guide leading up to Easter. So next Wednesday night begins 40 days until Easter. And in some Christian traditions, today's Ash Wednesday, if you didn't know that. Uh, but it's a 40-day uh, scripture reading guide, 40 days of remembrance, and it has a scripture concerning uh, the crucifixion or the resurrection uh, leading up to Easter. And then every, uh, let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's, it's the reading of each of the gospel account of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So anyways, you can pick those up in the back and use that if you want to, but it starts on March 1st, which is next Wednesday. So anyways, uh, it's just 
we, we like as a church, when we get to we have what we consider church calendar times of the year, to focus at those times because these are the foundations of our faith. And certainly, uh, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday are the, the linchpins of our faith. So this scripture reading, guys, just to focus towards that time and to build you up in the scriptures and the things that we believe. So anyhow, tithe and offering, part of our worship. So if you do have something to give, there's offering on this in chairs in front of you. Uh, you can grab one of those if you want to, and I'll pray. And if you have something, you can bring it tonight. Lord, we thank you. <clears throat> As we continue our worship and our giving tonight, our fellowship, our giving is all part of our worship because of how it brings us together in unity. I pray as we give tonight, Lord, that we are always in the understanding and, and Lord, that we live in the faith of your faithfulness, Lord. And we thank you for all the times you have provided this day our daily bread, all the times you provided such an increase that, that we're able to overflow in blessings to other people. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say Amen. So if you have something, you can bring it. Yeah, if it's got your Bibles, go ahead and get it out. We're going to jump right into things tonight. Um, I know we put the scriptures up on the screen, but I always encourage you to bring your Bible anyway so you can follow along. Uh, we're going to, over the next month at least, I think, four weeks. I, I know in the middle of this series, we have a worship night coming up in two or three weeks. Um, but we are going to spend the next month or so talking about purpose. Now, so as everybody knows, I started off in ministry as a youth pastor. And the thing that I discovered real quick when you have young people, 11th grade, 12th grade in that area, they start asking questions like, what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm going to graduate soon. Am I supposed to go to college? Am I supposed to go to the workforce? Am I supposed to trade school, some sort of apprenticeship? What am I supposed to do? Has God given me purpose? It's a question that I started getting asked pretty quick, and I'd always go, I have no idea. You know, that was my initial response. And I said, well, I better, I better learn some things about this so I have some counsel for these students that are asking these questions. But the older I got in ministry, I realized that it's not a question that's just for young people, but people of all ages at some point ask, what's my meaning in life? Do I have purpose? Is there a reason for me to be here? So over the next four weeks, I want to talk to you about this. We're going to kind of go through this in stages. But Psalm chapter 139, if you have your Bibles, and verse number 13, we're going to hit uh, two or three scriptures here, then we'll talk about things for a while. Psalm 139 and verse number 13, the, the great psalm here, and in this part of it talking about how much that God knows each one of us. For you, God, for my, me, inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. We believe in life. Amen. And that life starts, life actually starts in the concept of God because he knows you even before your conception. And certainly we believe life begins in that place. For you knitted me together in my mother's womb and I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you ever looked at yourself and actually said, hey, you, in the mirror, hey, you, did you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Have you ever done that? Probably not. But 
it's not wrong to do that. Now, I, I, think, I think some of you need to learn to encourage yourself with things like this. Because the scriptures are plainly saying that God has specifically made you. You're not random. You're not an afterthought. You're not a mistake. However it was you have come into this world, God foreknew. And specifically, individually, we have self-worth as a creation of God. And you catch that in your heart. So, so remember in original creation, in the beginning God created, and over, over the days of creation, each day he created things and said it was good, and then after he made man in his image, what did he say? This is very good. It got the berry on the good when he made man. Now, we know what man does in chapter 3 of, of Genesis. He falls in sin in the mess that happens because of that. But man in creation, listen, is very good in God's sight. And he knew you as an individual. So you as creation, as a person before him, you are very good in his sight. Now, I understand the whole issue of sin and the salvation. I get that. But as a creation of God, you are very good. And some of y'all need to work on that. I'm not talking about pride or overconfidence, but I'm talking about a standing in him and who you are. He made you very specifically. Look, I mean, he, he formed the inward parts of who you are. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. You're wonderfully made. It says, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days were formed before me, when as yet there was none of them. So in other words, God knows you in front of you. God stands outside of time, you know that? That's part of his knowledge. He stands outside of time. So he knows he's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning, he's the end, he's the first, he's the last. And yet somehow in all of his knowledge, he still made you. Think about that. You see what I'm saying? In creation, you have a worth before him. And I think you need to grab a hold of that. Because if there's one thing that, that I've discovered that people struggle with is a simple sense of self-worth. By the fact that you are here and breathing, you have worth in him. Grab that. Because what happens is when we lack the self-worth to jump into the things that God made for us, well, then we're lacking in purpose for our life. Sometimes purpose in our life is dead stopped in the beginning because of lack of self-worth. Right? You've got to grab hold of it to say, God in his wisdom... In the wonder of his love, made me. Now, now here, here's the thing we struggle with, just as I am. Yeah. Now look, I could make a list of all the things I don't like about myself. My brother was 6'3", blonde-haired, blue-eyed. I wish I was my brother. My brother didn't have a hearing impairment, lucky dog. 
My bro- I, there were things about my brother I wished I was. But God didn't make me him. God made him him. And I had to come to an understanding of who I am. You see what I'm getting at? You got to quit with your list of what you don't like about yourself. And you got to quit comparing yourself to other people. That never works either. Because you're not them, they're not you, so stop comparing. Right? You as an individual have self-worth before God. So here's another one, Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 9. So before I read this, let me just say one more thing about that. There are times that you have to tell yourself to stop. Because nobody can do it for you. You understand? You have to tell yourself to stop beating yourself up. You know you best, so it's easy to beat yourself up. Stop beating yourself up. I can say this. Maybe this is a little harsh. I apologize if it is. Maybe not. Quit throwing pity parties for yourself all the time. Put the banners away, put the toot-toot horn in the closet, put the presents away, the cake, whatever you do for yourself. No more pity parties. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the moment you feel yourself sinking into that moment or whatever, you've got to stop and say absolutely not. Because what the enemy does, he grabs that and then he has a field day with you. Absolute field day. You opened it up and now he has a field day. Stop. You are who God, who, who determines you? God. God determines you. You can let all sorts of other stuff determine you, but God originally determines you. And he said in his determination of you, fearfully and wonderfully made, grab that. That's who you are. Okay, I'll get off that. All right, 16.9, Proverbs 16.9. Now along with that, the wisdom of Proverbs says, the heart of a man plans his ways. In other words, how am I going to live my life? What am I going to do? But in the wisdom of the Lord, the Lord establishes his steps. So not only is there a, a personal way that God makes you, but then in his wisdom, he orders the steps of your life. And part of how he orders the steps of your life is how he made you. Aren't you thankful that not everybody's like you? We have different personalities, we have different likes, we have different dislikes, we have different talents. So uh, if, I, if I could get height, I'd take it from my brother. Do you know the one talent I wish I had that I don't have? Don't laugh. I wish I could sing. And I cannot. <laughs> not even close. I mean, not even, not even, if I tried out for the worship team, I'd hit a couple notes. They'd say, you know what, brother, we have another place in the church for you. I mean, it just would <laughs> It wouldn't happen. But not everybody's alike. We have different talents. We have different abilities. We have different ways our minds work. We have different smarts and the way we conceive things. People are different, but God made us that way. And those are connected to things he calls us to in part of the ordering the steps of our life. So God made you very specifically, but then also with that is God is the one who sets the order for your life. So that is where we find purpose. See, the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And in turn, the fool lives life as he wants to. 
But people that live in wisdom would say, well, if God is the one who made this, and God is the one who made me, and God is the one who made me in the way that he made me, isn't it beneficial then to see what he wants me to do? Doesn't he know best for me specifically? Absolutely. So we then turn to God and say, okay, what is meaning, what is purpose in life? What are the steps of my life that you have ordered before me? So the purpose of life is found in the counsel and the wisdom of God as he leads you individually. Now, here's the thing. We're going to talk about some specific stuff that are rooted in Scripture, but at the end of the day, the Bible does not say in black and white, Judah, and Judah's in there, it's the tribe of Israel, but Judah Reisner in 2023, do this with yourself. It has general counsel of living the Christian life, but there are specifics of life that you must stand on the word and how you live but then live in the leading of the Holy Spirit as he directs your life. So our interaction with God is vitally important to the steps of our life. You see what I'm getting at? All right, so I'm going to give you some basic things tonight. This is the very basic stuff, and we'll kind of go off of this next week. There are what I would consider common purposes that everybody shares that we're all on the same page with. Before we start talking about specific purpose, individual purpose, uh, unique things about us, we got to start with the basic stuff because we're not doing the basic stuff. That kind of stuff doesn't matter. And you go chasing off after the individual stuff without the basic stuff, you end up in a mess, okay? So there are two kind of ways that we have common purpose together. And here's the first one. So you can write these things down. There are common purposes that we all share as believers in Jesus. Common purposes. So before I get to talking about individual purpose and, and unique callings and things like that, by the time we get done tonight, you will know that you have purpose in this life before you even think about that stuff. Things that God brings to our life and says, okay, this is the basis for what it means to live the good life on this earth. Now it starts with this, number one. Everybody is called to be growing into Christ's likeness. You realize that's the purpose of life? Everybody's called to live in discipleship, right? So we start there, uh, Psalm 23 would call it being led in the paths of righteousness. That's another way to look at it. If we are not first and foremost in purpose, seeking what it means to live a Christian life as your disciple, or becoming Christ-like or the paths of righteousness, I don't care what you do, it won't be founded properly in the life that God has for you. So, so when people come and say, hey, what, what is the meaning of life? What am I supposed to do with my life? I would say, okay, we'll be a disciple. And they go, it's always disappointment. Oh, well, I know that. Well, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about that. Because you've got to start there. Because if you are not living within the growth and the process of discipleship in Jesus, then whatever you do will not be founded properly in your life. Is only in the growth of discipleship and getting close to him and knowing him and being changed, does true purpose actually become realized in your life. You have to start there. 
Amen. So it starts with discipleship. We all share that. So we have a common purpose of chasing after Jesus together. And the wonderful thing about it, when people talk about meaning of life, it's always individual. Yes, discipleship's individual, but we and us together. That's the wonderful thing about it. That there are a lot of purpose that you carry in life is you're not meant to do it alone. Right? Amen? Okay. To be a disciple of Jesus, that's the first thing. Second thing, okay, ready? This, this is a big one. We're all called to be a light to the world. Matthew chapter 5, you're a light of the world, city on a hill, right? You know that's the purpose of life? We're called to be a light for Jesus in this world as we're being disciples and following him. Again, I can chase all these other things in life, but if I'm ignoring the basis of common purpose, then I'm ignoring really what life is about in its roots. So, Christ-likeness, Light in the world, that's purposeful. And here's, here's something else. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just read something Paul wrote concerning us together. First Corinthians 12. Yeah, let's see in verse number, let's go to verse number 20. I'm sorry, not 20, 12, 12, 12. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it not any less part of the body. But if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the member of the body, each one of them, as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are, are many parts, yet one body. Okay. So another purpose that we have in life, so discipleship, being a light in the world, but another purpose you have is, in life is that you are a member, a part of a body. And we can think of that on a local level of gathering of believers like us tonight, or we can think about it in the worldwide body of Christ, the church as a whole plays a part together as a body. So I would say this. If you're saying, I, I really feel this is the church I'm to be at, I would say, okay, then you have a part of the body that meets here. Some of us are an eye, some of us are ear, some of us are a, a, a finger, some of us are a toe, some of us are a leg, whatever it is. But everybody has a part in the body. You see that? And we're to come together and function together as a body. Why? Because we're each gifted in different ways. And God, I believe very specifically, brings people together and places us together to work as a body. And there's a lot of different ways that can happen. That can be in spiritual gifting, it can be natural giftings. 
but he brings us together for a reason. So in other words, the gathering of believers brings a purpose to your life. So if anybody ever talks to me, do you have membership in this church? Yeah. What is membership? Membership is active participation in our church. Now, your value is not found solely in that. It's not like, well, if I'm not doing something, I have no value. That's not true. Your value is because you're here. You're here. But you're here.
and how am I, how am I going? My kids' life is different today.